0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com. Goodness
1: me. <clears throat> wow. Thank you very much. Goodness Thank me. you. Goodness Thank me. you. Stephen, there's, uh, there's people in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first live podcast of Twit. Hi, mum. My mum's waving at me from the back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first live Twenty Minute Times podcast. I'm your host, Jamie. No cheers for me there. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm joined, as always, by my podcast pal, Stephen. <laughs> and Glasgow's favourite son, Martin Melly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck off. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, oh, I know, not so bad. Cheers, boys. We managed no, the, it? Our first live show. Oh, I can't <laughs> reach. Melly, what's, what's that you've got there? Uh, it's a nice wee bottle of
2: delicious Hun tears. There we go. <laughs> hey. Okay.
1: There we go. Eh? What, oh. what a season. <laughs> 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 Absolutely roast on here. Just give me two seconds to remove my... <laughs> oh. just too warm.
3: <laughs> it is entirely prop humour be written for tonight. Right. It's a cheap laugh, but cheap laughs, <laughs> still count.
1: Like, I mean, how long have we wanted to do this, Stephen?
3: I think we booked the thing two years ago and then the world ended. Yes. So we originally had it booked for May 2020. And for obvious reasons, that didn't happen. Then we thought about having it last season. Mm. Again, for obvious reasons, (laughs) that that didn't happen. So two years on, you've all been waiting for this for two years. It can only be a disappointment, but you bought your tickets. Yeah. So thanks very much for that.
1: Uh, That's it. Look, this could have been a disaster. Celtic obviously went on to win the league, and that's why we're all here to celebrate. But it would be remiss of us not not to mention uh, the most pressing story of the week. (laughs) Aaron Ramsey there, otherwise known as our fucking what? (laughs) That's right, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That could have been... uh, Imagine we were sitting here, right, and they had won the league and the Europa League and we'd invited (laughs) you all for a podcast party.
3: Genuinely, that that was make or break Wednesday because we could have been sitting here with them, the Europa League champions. Mm. They didn't, by the way. But we could have been sitting here pretending it didn't happen We our stupid we <laughs> podcast and all that. Just, just Asking everyone to just sort of ignore that it happened. But Wednesday was absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it was absolutely... <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> oh, by the way, before we go any further at all, could I just urge everyone in the audience to, yes, enjoy the party, mm. but please behave. Yes. Please yeah. behave yourselves. <laughs> There's
1: plenty of water in Plenty of on. water. <laughs> Keep
3: dehydrated.
1: You don't eat a drink out of Hi. the toilets. <laughs> It's fine, we're respectable about here, aren't we? see what
3: the fuss is about, That's actually uh, quite good. Put that stuff. away, <laughs>
1: cause a stampede and I mean, here.
3: See, see, see if it was up to me, I would have spent the entire budget, the entire year's budget on getting Bolly Bolling to record a, a <laughs> message for everybody, <laughs> asking everyone to behave. Bolly bowling, goalie. Paul the Tim, absolutely all the all the celebrities. Please behave.
1: I <laughs> took so much pleasure in watching them oh. make a nurse of that. It was one of my highlights of the season. Well, just when that, that happened, I was just—I <laughs> could not get over it.
2: See the final penalty? I was uh, watching it, and uh, the girl in the flat above must have been watching it on BT, but we were watching it on the BT app. So she was like 30 seconds ahead. <laughs> so it was 1-0 Rangers, then we heard the, Yes! So she's a Celtic fan, so they must equalize, then thirty seconds later it goes in. But see that last penalty when it was a the guy was before he'd even stepped up to take it, he was just about to run up and we just heard screaming and we're like, Yes, they've lost
3: (laughs) it.
1: It had to be Aaron Ramsey, didn't it? It I
3: think we wouldn't have turned up. See because of your Wanting tweeting about how much of a flop he was weeks <laughs> uh, ago I was panicking about I that I did it's delete su- a tweet <laughs>
1: I, I deleted I, I tweeted um, Aaron Ramsey's the biggest flop that Scottish football's ever seen and people are like ah oh, yeah no he isn't he wait till he lifts the Europa League for us <laughs> <laughs> and then even Celtic fans are like nah nah what about Shane Duffy I'm like you've got me having a fucking laugh not Shane not a, not a chance Joey Barton not a chance but no thankfully Shane uh, Aaron Ramsey saved all those tweets for me mm. I just got I just went on a wee retweeting spree <laughs> You'd get two laughs out of the same tweet <laughs> uh, but look you're right Stephen it could have been a lot different we did want to do this last year we wanted to have a 10 in a row party um, <laughs> unfortunately I know unfortunately the 10 in a row thing was ruined by a virus <laughs> <laughs>
2: Francis sorry, sorry Francis
1: uh, oh, oh no and Neil and, and Neil Lennon and Neil, <laughs> and Neil Lennon absolutely absolutely <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of that just the lads enjoying a pint, allowed some downtime. Stephen,
3: just normal men, <laughs> just innocent men. <laughs>
1: you know, many ways it saved our blushes. Covid meant we didn't have to do that. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention. I um, uh, meant to do this at the beginning. This is recorded. This is gone out. This is the la- the last flagship of the season. So feel free to laugh and cheer, especially especially laugh, make it sound hilarious to the people that, <laughs> that didn't manage to get a ticket. But we are here. Um, not to talk about last season. Is there anything you want to mention about last season before I move on? Uh, no. Terrific. No, absolutely smashing. <laughs> we'll move right on. Um, Ange, the guy that brought about the. Who's Celtic. that guy there? No, I. Oh, I recognise his face. He phoned me when I had COVID. <laughs> he phoned me to make sure I was doing genuine, true story. And he went, "Hi, hey, <laughs> is Don MacKay here? I hear you've got COVID." I went, "Yeah." He goes, "Get well soon." I went, "Cool." Uh, <laughs> Next question? No, we're here to talk about Ange Postecoglou, the guy that brought about the Celtic revival. A cheer for Ange! Mark melly Ange arrived last year, but uh, last June, about almost about a year yeah. ago. Um, I want you to cast your mind back for the audience. What were your initial thoughts when Ange landed? It was a year ago next week that the
2: whole Eddie Howe thing fell apart, and it was disastrous. So you think, good manager coming in, and then it fell apart. Then we get told it's going to be this Ange Postecoglou, and you're like, right, okay, I've never heard of him. But once we sat down, looked into him, and you go, do you know what, there might be something here. Had a look into him, and like, no, no, definitely something here. just haven't really heard of him, apart from the World Cup. Then when he comes in and you, you get to cut his jib and we luckily get to go to some of the press conferences and when he first got introduced and they're like, nah, there's something about this guy. As long as... It always comes back to it at the start of the season. As long as the board back him, we should do all right here. Maybe if he gets us within a few points of Rangers by the end of the season and we're not out of it, it'll be all good. And then he just tore up all those predictions and done
3: a hundred times better than that. <laughs> Stephen? I, I don't think there's surprised surprise. I don't think they the confusion was unreasonable at the time because you cast your mind back with just done the Eddie Howe thing for what seemed like about three months, just wasted a summer on it, and we'd come from having Brendan rogers as you've put it, before a superstar mm. manager, a bit of a snake and all that. Yes, but <laughs> but it, it was a it was a big name in management. Then we had Neil Lennon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, I'm a look. It I'm it a Neil Lennon fan. Okay, I know. I know. I, know I
1: called him a virus. <laughs> and that may look like I'm not a Neil Lennon that was affectionate eh? <laughs> sorry carry on
3: Yeah, so I had Neil Lennon which made sense at the time because he was available and desperate for a job so he, <laughs> he, he came in yeah. and we at that point we still are of the belief that we deserve and we're basically entitled to like a, a manager of the stature of the club so we want a guy who's been in Europe a guy who's mm. won leagues elsewhere and all that and then I think we, we did a live sort of reaction to it the day Eddie Howe pulled out? Yeah. Or the day Celtic announced that Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe had pulled out? It was almost the same day, wasn't it? Or yeah, it was like within yeah, 24 hours? Yeah, and I think hours? during that, you get like a message about Ange Posticogla, and I think mm. it was just sniggered. Just <laughs> absolutely never heard of the guy. So I don't think it's unreasonable to be a bit confused mm. by that because, well, frankly, I've never heard of the guy. But after that point, it's kind of up to the individual to find out more about yeah. the guy. Now, I am... I, from that point, I saw all the kind of snarkiness online about how I, who's this guy, the J League, etc. And I wanted to have a better opinion than that because I like having better opinions than that. <laughs> be, a bit yeah. snide like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I got his book because I'm very, very clever like that. How one many week, books? You read?
1: I think you read two books a week.
3: One, sometimes two books a year. <laughs> Cram them in. And from, <laughs> <laughs> from, 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 that, from that point, I, I was able to glean that if, if all of this isn't just the usual football book stuff, mm. you know, the kind of apocryphals that aren't necessarily true, like jogging through the streets smelling the mince and stuff <laughs> like that. That famous Brendan Rogers <laughs> quote for <laughs> people that yeah. don't know. If any of this has any substance to it, this is the kind of guy I want in charge mm. of my football team. And it, it has played out exactly like that. I think if you were still clinging on to the stuff about uh, what's he one. I think that's an unfair angle to come at because he can't have won anything yet. This is the start Mm. of the season. I think we all need to give him a chance. Thankfully, we did that. He made it past Christmas Mm. and (laughs) we we reap the rewards of that.
1: I think part of the problem was the the direction the club was taking, the choices that were made, this sort of desperate clinging on to Neil Lennon when it became so apparent that the league was gone. We weren't going to win it. There was a point where it became somewhat salvageable. Salvageable, you know. We could have rescued hmm. it at one point. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we could have rescued it at one point, but we just it, we just couldn't shake him off. And then the Eddie Howe thing, and then Ange comes in. And you're like, this must be this must be a joke. I think I did say on a podcast from very first like he shouldn't be anywhere near the club. But that was basically the, the point I was making was how much of a gamble it seemed to be. You know that they seemed to break the managerial norms. They went out of Europe, out of the UK, out of um, any realms of what we term success in, in this sort of football and backwater that we, that we now
2: live in? It's the, the City Group thing as well, wasn't it? Because remember, at the end of last season, it's like, look, the manager's are away, but we need a clear out from players to board. And the board was the main thing everybody wanted out. And it was only Peter Law that left. And then when we're linked to a guy from the City Group, you're like, this has got him written all over it. But see, to be fair to the board, which I don't like saying, but... Eddie Howe and Ange Postacoglu were the two managers they targeted. Both really, really mm. good managers, but luckily we get the best one out of the
3: two. Uh, we we, we hey. did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I was, I mean, the Eddie Howe thing was a bit pathetic, wasn't it? He, ended up, he just, he couldn't get his backroom staff and he sort of weaseled out of it, but as you say, we ended up winning a watch. There was a few decisions early on in Ange's you know, tenure at Celtic that really made us wonder what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> The portly poacher there, (laughs) the chubby funster, Lee Griffiths,
3: Tubby marksman.
1: Yeah, the chubby marksman, Lee Griffiths. There, I mean, when two players that got awarded new contracts, and we're going to talk about one of them. We're going to talk about one of them seriously, and we're going to laugh at the other one. Um, Lee Griffiths getting a new contract when that happened. You're looking at this, and obviously Anthony Alston getting this other contract. You just thought, where's this club
2: going? That was the problem, wasn't it? It was, it was desperation because we all said towards the end of last season, we're going to go into these qualifiers with Barkas and Goal, Ralston, Welsh, Beaton and Taylor at the back. And lo and behold, we get to July and that's the exact mm. the exact back five we have. And you're like, what has happened here? We had months from what, February, March to get a manager in. We chased a guy, didn't get him. Then when it's all said and done, we get a manager in and he's scrambling about for a team, players are leaving and we need to give this reprobate a contract, <laughs> man. Like, like, Get That's, him fit and firing. Like, how are you going to get that yeah, fit? Oh,
1: be- see, before we, before we start, Lee Griffiths, um, for anyone that operates a Celtic Twitter account like we do, Lee Griffiths is a touchy subject because every time, you know, you, you put the, the, the chubby marksman and you, you <laughs> criticise him, you will have someone undoubtedly tweet and go, Get him fit and firing, he's a 40-goal-a-year striker now. When, when did he score 40 goals? Dialer, 2016, 16? 15, 16, I mean, 16, barely, barely worth talking about. I go, but before we go any further, is there any Lee Griffiths fans in the room?
3: No, see? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they simply do not exist within our demographic.
3: That's not a filter, by the way. That's not one of those like face-up things. No. <laughs> that is their That's his actual shape. I think, as we sit here in May... I think he's actually still within the contract that Celtic gave him aye. last year as well. So he's Still making aye, he's bags. Been, aye, he's not currently contracted, but he has played out that contract. That How many Dian? goals did he score this year, Steve? Four. Four, <laughs> four, four for three clubs? Aye. aye,
1: four for three clubs. Um, it's, it is worth mentioning. <laughs> he looks like one of fucking Jim Henson's creations, <laughs> doesn't he? That- he that- looks like something at like a labyrinth. <laughs>
3: a haunted tomato it's
1: absolutely fucking terrifying but this is sort of indicative of the reception that Ange got from the press as soon as came in because they were pressing this Scottish football backwater that really was a world football backwater um, they're, they're kind of always like off and scared of, of people from the outside a wee bit aren't they? Yeah they definitely are
2: in this day and age it's pretty unforgivable because even back when Lubomir Avchik came in and Hugh Keevams called him a Czech dud and all that the internet wasn't as prominent, but once you get Ange Postacoglu in, like we do, like most of you probably do, you go and look him up. Journalists and press here don't. They no, just no. they just go snarky, and never been to Britain, never done it here, going to fail, out by Christmas. You can rhyme them off one by one, and one by one, Ange made them look stupid to the fact that they should all just go in and hand in their resignation <laughs> right now. Yeah. They're, they're absolute <laughs> dinosaurs that have no place here anymore, and hopefully they'll just start to... Not die off, di- well, die off eh? Hey, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Melly. <laughs> Retire. Wow, relax. Retire. Jesus.
1: Yeah. I have got a... Keep it, it light. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a point of order here just before the intermission called Hun Receipts. Oh. <laughs> so we'll have a wee good rummage through those. Stephen, is it in any way understandable, given that the start that Andrew made, is it any way understandable for the negative reception he was getting?
3: No. Uh, Next that? question. I, <laughs> okay. I sit here with the full benefit of hindsight, perfectly comfortable with mm. how we started and won the league. But
1: I, I mean, I'll admit, I, I'd said on some podcasts at the beginning that when we weren't winning, when we, weren't, when we didn't seem to be getting it, I was like, you need to find a way to win these games because I was worried about the league. I thought, it's good having an ideology, but there's no guarantee that this is going to work, especially when we weren't playing well, especially when we were dropping points. And I'd never once said they should quit or they should leave, but I was saying that, you know, we need to find a way to win these games. So is, do you think, it, I mean, not us, obviously, because we are fault-free, but actual <laughs> journalists...
3: Well, I mean, it's their job to to do a bit better than that, to mm. do better than, as you, as you said, about the Czech dud and the, what was it they said about Vim the worst thing to hit Hiroshima, Hiroshima since the bomb and all that. Mm. It's, it's basically just every. No, no. I know. I'm just after saying keep it light you know, as <laughs> well. <just>, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's war. a good line, though, isn't it? But it's they've got to do better than that. And I don't remember them doing that for Paul Le Guin when he no. came, came to these oh, shows. We, as a, we
1: know as a, why that is. He see an ultra marathon runner. Oh, oh, the, the,
3: the desert runner. The desert runner and all that. What Christ. a pull that is. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, I remember saying quite recently that after the start Celtic made, obviously what was the lost first three home uh, sorry away games of mm. the season and I think drew another. All of this stuff that from the summer gets chucked up about, I see he doesn't, get, he doesn't understand Scottish football, he doesn't know that he needs to win every single game here mm-hmm. or you're a dud and I, towards the end of the season, just before we clinched the title, I, it suddenly dawned on me that now we don't need that, we need a guy who knows that you don't have to win every single game, no. you can lose games and it's not the end of the world what you need to do is keep your composure stick to what you believe in as he has mentioned in a number of times, yeah. Ange's never he's never up nor down. He's just totally on the level. Stick to what you believe in, and you reap the rewards of that. And that's exactly what we've seen. So I don't really, I'm not really interested in any of this kind of oh, blood and guts. You need to win every game, as I said, manager. It's nice, it's mm. nice to win every game. But what we needed this season was a guy who saw past all that
1: I think we've got now Melly's a manager who's got principles as a man he's also got principles as a football manager and he was prepared to stick by those and live or die by those principles and I think looking at the whole thing as a whole if it didn't work out he was never going to change was he? No no, I
2: believe in the way he plays because if you're going into your changing room and telling these players like this is how we're going to play this is how we're going to do it this is my philosophy and then after a couple of bad results go do you know what we're going to change that Mm -hmm. how are you going to convince all of them that this is the right thing to do so you need buy-in from your staff and the players and if you change that you're going to lose them all and Ange didn't do that and even in the games we played the out of the first three we lost away from home the hearts game i thought we played all right but we lost a goal in the last minute from a set piece rangers game we were a mess, like Edward and Christie played in yeah. that and uh, it just a goal from a set piece again and the Livingston game's just that pitch. So within all that we'd beat St Mirren and Dundee five and six 0 yeah. So you're like, well I can see what's happening here. We'd had a good result against Altmar so you like, I can see what he's wanting to do here. And when Ange talks about the way he wants to play, that's exactly how as a Celtic fan you'd pretty much describe to everybody, this is how I want my manager to play. And just the way he talks as well, the way he composes himself and talks to people and talks with the fans, as we've seen mm. after the, the game on Saturday there. Like, you couldn't imagine M. D. better since Martin O'Neill to lead the club right now.
1: At what point did you guys start to buy into, Ange? Was it after the League Cup? Was it Smashing Rangers... Was it smashing Rangers again? <laughs> was there a specific point when you look back in the season you thought, right, OK, I'm all in on this guy?
2: Uh, I, I think... I remember the Hearts League Cup game, and it finished 3-2, but I think Celtic were 3-0 up quite early on. And this was on the back of, I think, the Dundee game, or a uh, St Mirren game, and you're like, wow. Like, Kyogo had got a hat-trick the previous week. He was absolutely flying, and you could just see... Like, He's brought in these guys. We've still got a couple of weeks in the window left. I'm just going to go with this because mm. what choice have I got? And do you know what? I love the cut of this guy's jib. I really want him to do well. I can't sit here and say, I thought we were going to win the league because I thought that was beyond us. A team unbeaten last year and did well in Europe up until the final. <laughs> so <laughs> the
1: Did we're you Did you guys know that Rangers absolutely blew the Europa League? <laughs> <laughs> Some watch, honestly. It's great. Uh, it's
2: tremendous. So...
1: <laughs> When you're, when you're going
2: like that, I thought, right, if we can stay on the coattails mm. up towards the end of the season, I always kept saying get to January and try and get more players mm. in because we were in that bad a mess. But the way we've just went on and on and you're know, well, we've got a chance here, we've got a chance here. Because again, crowds, them having to play in front of them, mm. shite bags. Shite bags. So <laughs> you can pretty much guarantee they're going to lose the bottle at some point with that. And I just felt as if once it got to the turn of the year, I, was like, I don't know if it's going to matter what Rangers
3: do here because Celtic are flying. To tie in two subjects here, okay. um, I w- when I was pretending not to watch the Europa League final the other night, <laughs> it suddenly struck me how annoying Stephen Craig is. Oh, oh my God. My God. Right.
1: Do you know, you know when you're talking a lot of shite? When Alex Ray has <laughs> to pull you up for talking <laughs> shite. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, Alex Ray, the brains of the operation. It, it suddenly struck me how much Pish he was talking, and I, I, I thought to myself, right, I was like, I remember moaning, like, fuck, about Stephen Craig and talking Pish before, so I searched WhatsApp for his oh, name, I, mm. I searched WhatsApp for Stephen Craig, and something, something came up from a game previously this season where I was annoyed and sp- spreading it through n- numerous group chats about how he'd he was commentating on a Celtic game and he said that it's okay to kick the ball away at a free kick as long as it doesn't go too far. His <laughs> point was like, you can, kick it, you can kick it a little bit away, but as long as it doesn't go too far away. And I remember like, fucking can hammer that any group chats and stuff like how much pish he's talking. But what also put me in mind of was a couple of messages down. I said... I can't believe we've done that. That's the league. That was the league away there, boys, and it was the fifteenth of December, twenty twenty-one. We I beat know the Ross. game. I know the we game. We beat Ross County two-one. Mm. Who um, scored, the <laughs> <Anthony Ralston laughs> scored the winner? Anthony Ralston scored the winner. More on him to come. <laughs> no spoilers, but um, that that was the moment where I thought we were onto something here. We we're mm. actually good because I think at that point, had we dropped points there, Rangers would have been six points clear. Now we saw later on that we overcome that margin anyway yeah they, they were six points clear when geo came in and uh, <laughs> they they didn't hold on to it no but at, the, we <laughs> <we deal. laughs> but at that point i thought right we are we're seriously on it's something we've got a bit of substance about this season
1: Melly, uh, just talk a wee bit um just for the audience's benefit about smashing rangers three 0 at park that was
2: unbelievable it was me and you sat before it um we were doing the at the matching
1: and that's a podcast that's available on Patreon uh, that's patreon.com slash 20 hands up if you're not a patron I, get out
3: <laughs> by the way many people in the bar would have noticed there is a dog in tonight yeah. so that's actually a sniffer dog for non-patrons so, so what's what we are doing And the gall the
1: audacity to show up here <laughs> sorry Melly.
2: I uh, don't no worry so when we were um, we were sitting doing it and we a tight game tight game it's, it was sort of all building up to this and of course, the previous game was the, the Dundee United one where we got the winner. This game gave us the chance to go top. and We did believe that Celtic could mm-hmm. go out and beat them, but I thought it was going to be tight. They were playing pretty well, Celtic were playing well, but I just felt maybe 1-0 Celtic, the odd goal in it or something. Then, when you're sitting there for a couple of minutes and look, the disco lights get a lot a lot of slated over the years, haven't they? They've been slated so much. <laughs> Alex Ray tweeted about the Disco Lights Famous. So when the Disco Lights went down and it's just shining on that huddle and it's just green and you're like, Celtic V-Rangers, midweek, this feels a wee bit different and then five minutes later we're 1-0 up and then half-time 3-0 up and you're like, Oh no! Something big is happening here. It was so good, and it's not even. The it was like
1: back to the old days, wasn't it? It was like back yeah. to the Brendan
2: Rodgers. Because it was, again, it's Barisic who went off injured with cramp with two minutes to go because he was due to take a penalty the other night.
1: And <laughs> yes, that's right.
2: <laughs> Callum McGregor calling him a shite bag during the game we summed it up. Rangers collapsed, and you could just see like. I don't really think they've got it in them to come back from this, despite it only being a point ahead. The psychological blow they took, that was Van Bronckhurst's
1: first game as well. So I think it's because they know in their hearts, they know within themselves that they don't deserve that last year. They know deep down that they're losers, <laughs> and they got away with one, and they just won and done, that's it. What was it? Done. Who was that guy from um, X Factor that does all the... That does all the fucking video messages for Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. I saw a Wagner we'll one. Still find them. You can still you can still find them. Somebody recorded a Wagner video after the... Um, and I thought it summed them up brilliantly. After the Europa League, he said, "From top dogs to hot dogs." <laughs> 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 fucking brilliant. Really, From top dogs to hot dogs.
3: Three <laughs> 0 uh, game, good, eh? It was. It was tremendous. I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he did. He missed it. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but did you, you got to watch this one, didn't you? The two one at Ibrox?
3: I did, yeah, I did. Watched we, we, watched, we watched that together, of course, yeah, that was, that was after the game after which I just fell on the floor and just sort of <laughs> lay on my back.
1: Unbelievable. Talk yeah. us a wee bit about that, Stephen, watching that game, the emotions.
3: Uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to recall because I was so unbelievably tense during it yeah. as well. That that was a massive turning point. Well, not so much a turning point, but a massive kind of f- tentpole in the, the the season as well. That was that was a massive result, and I I was worried about it, and which is why <laughs> I wish we had footage of it. The two of you just started celebrating um, <laughs> the next door to the, the studio. <laughs> you the I just fell over. I just fell laid on my back and just uh, stared at the roof. I couldn't believe we'd done it there. It was an absolutely amazing result, and. It, <laughs> Prior to this, when was the last time we'd got a result? Well like that, that was I- it. That something? was
1: that's why these two results obviously the, the League Cup final, which was tremendous as well, that we kind of skipped over a wee bit, but that's why these two results were so important for me in terms of the season because as I was as I'd said on the podcast previously, we just had to beat Rangers. had to beat them it'd been far too long and then once we beat them at Parkhead the next thing for me to do was beat them at Ibrox and just remind them that we're fucking back Like you don't have it the way you had it last season this isn't Neil Lennon Celtic this isn't no fans this is the real deal you've got back
2: yeah and when you look at the final league table they both lost three games and Rangers lost two to us and when you look at the league table the league is shite so shite (laughs) there's More than 20 points between Rangers and third, and then more than 20 points between third and fourth. It's a terrible league, so it kind of did come down to the games against them because Celtic dropped points at the start of the season. So Celtic finished four points ahead, beat them twice, and only get beat by them once. So you look at that and go, right, that's what's going to need to happen because it was going to be tight all season because the league is so bad, but Celtic had to make that statement. Mm. And when we are talking about the 3-0 game, we said... Celtic need to go out and beat them, because then it's going to go another game, it's going to go to Ibrox, and there's a chance we might not win that. But to beat them, and then to go to Ibrooks, and it's, a lot of it's reminiscent of Martin O'Neill's first season, because up until that, I had never seen Celtic beat Rangers at Ibrooks yeah. as, a, as a fan. And Martin O'Neill went and done it, and I thought anything was possible after that. And when Ange came in, and he beat them 3-0 and all that, you're like, right, the only thing he's really got to tick off after this, is obviously the league, but... Going there to their midden and beating them, and when he done it, it was it was even better because Celtic, I don't think, played that well, but they ground it out and they defended well towards the end. And look, you can talk about the emotions, but if you're lucky, you will never have to watch Rangers v Celtic at Ibrox with him because he makes it hey. ten times <laughs> worse what's
1: wrong uh, you call me a panic merchant yes <laughs> I, I'm, look I'm a warrior just leave me alone I, you, I,
3: you curtailed our celebrations by shouting offside offside <laughs> no it was <laughs> him <laughs> it was <laughs> fucking okay, him a... we, 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 they
1: scored and we mean you are dancing about and he's like nah it's offside it's fucking offside
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't <laughs> think we get the hybrids come on <laughs> unbelievable
1: we? man Summer is here The sun is shining The shirts are off And your balls are smooth You heard that right Your friends at Manscaped Are here to make sure Your beach balls are as smooth As Floridian sand In summer you want to kill Some cold beers and barbecues Not kill the vibes With pubes (laughs) peeking From underneath your swimming trunks That's why Manscaped Has a performance package 4.0 To keep the party In your pants Looking crisp And refreshing All summer long Dive headfirst Into summer By joining the 4 million men Worldwide who trust Manscaped And get ready for Hot guy summer Go to manscapecom tims For 20% off And free shipping The Manscaped Performance package 4.0 Has everything you need To prepare that summer body Inside this package You'll find a lawn mower 4.0 trimmer Weed whacker Ear and nose Hair trimmer Crop preserver Ball deodorant Performance boxer briefs And a travel bag To hold all your goodies Stephen What else
3: Could you possibly want Well You could explain Exactly what that product is The Lawnmower 4.0 That's just a ball sack trimmer (laughs) That's exactly what it is From your podcast mates (laughs) And yeah Crack on
1: There's no other way To put it Stephen That's exactly (laughs) what it is It's just a ball sack trimmer From your podcast mates And if you go to Manscaped.com Slash Tim's You get 20% off With free shipping This is the summer To turn your package Into the full package With Manscaped we can't go through a, a, a podcast at this time without talking about a couple of players. Koyogo, who was instrumental in the League Cup, and uh, Tom Rodgick, who has waved goodbye to Celtic. Uh, I, I think, well, let's talk about Koyogo first. This is a guy that. Sorry? Pretty good, eh? Uh, he's decent, isn't he? This is a guy that Ange brought in, obviously, from the, from the J League. For buttons. And what do we pay for him? Four and a half million quid. An absolute robbery. And he's been a sensation. Oh, absolutely brilliant. I remember waking
2: up and we just signed this Japanese superstar. Oh,
1: because it happened at happen like midnight or something. Uh, we woke, oh, up
2: the, woke up in the morning with this tweet from Celtic. Kyogo Furuhashi saying, like, oh, what's, this doesn't happen. Because usually over here, the press and all that. And that's something that else that changed this season as well. Is the press got absolutely nothing with Celtic. We just mm. signed players without anything. And then when you do your obligatory YouTube videos and go, oh, wait a minute here, this guy could be sensational. And looking at the profile of him, I never thought Look, he's going to be Celtic's central striker. I thought, well, maybe he'll play out in the left because some of the games he's played out there in Vassell. And just as soon as that first game against uh, Dundee, where he gets the hat-trick at Celtic Park, and when you think back to that, there wasn't full crowds. So I managed to get a ticket. So I was in the north stand upper... Down sort of towards the the Green Brigade end. And looking down from that's a completely different view from I usually get. And just seeing the movement of the guy, like this yeah. guy's incredible. And even the ball went over to the left-hand side. Such a wee minor thing in a game against Dundee. But he sprinted over and slid in for a tackle and blocked the left back from playing it up. And you're like, this is the guy Ange needs to start all this. And just seeing him just hat-tricking that game, the finishing was Top class. He's a great wee guy. Everybody seems to just take him to the heart instantly, and you're just like,
3: "We've got a superstar on the hands." Do you remember when uh, I think it was just after Kyogo had signed, we sought out some some kind of expert opinion. Yeah, expert other opinion. experts, not us. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Some some <laughs> some, <laughs> some freelance experts. expert opinion on him because you know it's the J League. It's a league we don't necessarily pay that much attention to, and we got on Sasha, Sasha Pizzani, well, that's right. yes who's been on a, a couple of podcasts of ours. Really nice guy. Do you know how many goals he predicted? It was, it was five. It was five. <laughs> five goals for Kyogo. This Japanese football expert predicted five goals in this bum league of ours. <laughs> what was it, 20 he finished up with? 20 in all. I had five in a week to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 absolutely. I,
1: I. Another thing he said which was quite interesting, was Sasha said, and it sort of touches on the point Melly made, was He said on that podcast that the Japanese press don't make up transfer rumours. So if the Japanese press says such and such is going to sign for Celtic, they don't have this weird notion where you just make stories up to get people to click on a link. (laughs) It's it's mad. Um, I think the thing about Kyogo is he's the type of striker. I've never seen that type of striker at Celtic Park before. We've had all different types, all different profiles. But this was like a new generation of of forward that we'd just never seen at Celtic Park before and he, as you see, as soon as he set foot on the pitch he just lit the place up
3: well he, I think he was built. when he first signed, there was all sorts of talk about how he, he, he's better playing on the left coming in and kind of taking up central positions off the left Seems crazy now to yeah. be honest, because he looks absolutely custom built for a Celtic central striker. But I know what you mean he doesn't. He doesn't really fit the profile of because he's not the big guy.
1: He's not the poacher. Yeah, he's, he's not the hold up guy. You know what I mean? We've just never seen that sort of player before. Yeah. He's brilliant in the air as well for a short guy.
3: Ah, it's a couple of headers he's got, oh, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's
1: just he has shot. Shorter than me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's
2: all about the movement with Kyogo, isn't it? Because yeah. like he's not going to win beat somebody for a header, but even the the one recently against Ross County, one up at Edens Park as well, where he finds a space between two defenders and looks out to have got good delivery now. So if he finds a space, he'll do it. But. When he is jumping and going up for the headers, he does have that sort of Larson silhouette mm. about him, except he's got the, the hair going. Larson had the dreadlocks at the start, but the guy has been incredible.
1: I've heard a lot of people say, they always caveat this, they go, you don't really want to make the comparison, or you can't make the comparison, but Kyogo is very Larson-like. Do you think the comparison's fair?
2: Um, yeah, but, well, Henrik Larson, like, I've never really seen a striker like this that just came in and banged in goals from the start. Henrik Larsson had an okay first season. He obviously had the big mistake in his first game, even. A
3: year to get five in his first ten games, by the way. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> a good bit of business, that. But
2: um, <laughs> even guys like uh, Dembele came in and didn't start up to that Rangers Melly, game.
1: petty grievances are the last point <laughs> of order.
2: <laughs> so with uh, Kyogo, like... Apart from Scott Sinclair recently, I can't think of a guy that's came in and just been tremendous from the start. And He's only come in this season, but he's a guy you just can't imagine Celtic being without. And He is focal to how Celtic play and everything they do. And now he's got Maeda there as well. It's just pressing machines, and you can tell why Ange brought him in and went, this guy's going to be the one. And There's never going to be a player like Henley Larsson ever again. I'll no. never go through my life and see a better player than that guy. He was phenomenal, but... Can Kyogo be next in line? Possibly. But we've said that with Dembele, we've said that mm. with Edward, and unfortunately these days, unless there's a guy like Tom Rogic, you don't really get to see them for that long. But just with Kyogo, I, I kind of accept that these guys are going to move on at some point, but I just watch him and go, I love watching you play, and I'm just going to enjoy every second
3: of it. Even if we don't get players like Henrik Larsson or Lubo or any other people you, you name, it's never going to stop us making absurd comparisons oh, for the sake of about, content yeah. anyway, right. to be honest. The, po- the podcast is
1: mostly for absurd comparisons and nitpicking. That's <laughs> yeah. that is why we do the podcast. We've got uh, Tom Rogic up on the screen here. Rogic? Should I get that right? <laughs> People slag me about the way I pronounce <laughs> Tom Rogic's name, and I genuinely don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I know I say it two different ways. <laughs> tell me what I do wrong, tell me. Rogic? Yeah, I think it's Rogic. Rog- is that what it is? I think so. There we go. So Tom, Tom Rogic has hung up... He put... He put <laughs> There's some latent dyslexia inside of me that I don't know if that was right or wrong. So, um, he put a post on Instagram just as we were coming out, just saying good luck lads with their life. Oh, okay. <laughs> They just they put a post on Instagram, sort of saying goodbye, his final farewell to Celtic. Tom
3: Rogic did,
1: me <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> um, that threw me. <laughs> but embarrassing me in front of my mates. <laughs> he, he gave us one of our best moments of our Celtic sporting life, I was there with you. Any complaints about yes. my behaviour at that game? No, no, uh,
2: to be fair to Jamie, when Craig Gordon punts up, he just hit me and said, it's coming, and then lo and behold, seconds later, ball drops to Rogic, she goes through it and scores, and it's, it's up with the best moments of your life, isn't it? You're talking about watch match for the, for the benefits
1: of the people making The right? Scottish Cup final, Aberdeen. Absolutely sensational. Uh, Stephen, Tom Ah,
3: uh, We had the conversation on Monday for any, <laughs> for any listeners uh, about... <laughs> about Tom Roggage And sometimes I'll say things on podcasts for the sake of generating some sort of debate, some sort Mm. of like contention. And I I, I kind of batted back and forth the idea of him maybe being a Celtic legend, whatever that entails these days. I'm I'm never quite sure. But a couple of days on from it, a couple of days on from the emotion of seeing him walking off the pitch and all that, he is a Celtic legend. He absolutely is. I don't don't think we can ever... Of course he is. I don't... (laughs) Just to be clear, that was for me. Oh, right. Another round of applause for Tom Rogers please. Yeah, nah, is that your opinion? <laughs> uh, I don't think we can possibly deny him that, but based on the, not only time served, but the contribution given to Celtic, the, the huge goals. I mean, even if you strip away the, the Rangers goals, of which there are six, which is hmm. right up there with the likes of, and again, yeah, different Rangers and all that. But again, <laughs> the Alan Thompson, John Hartson, it's, it's bordering on the contribution against whatever version of them you you like to pick. Um, it's up there with really anyone, apart from Henrik Larsson and all that. Even if you strip those away, you've got that goal in the in the cup final, which is as an iconic goal as Celtic mm. have scored in my lifetime, maybe even in the last 50 years. You've got the last minute winner against Kilmarnock that yep. 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 saved Ronnie Dyler's job very briefly. Um, <laughs> the the amount of iconic moments that that guy has chalked up in a a relatively small signing. What was it 400 grand or Aye. something like that from, from Australia? I think I got away with not knowing the club he came from there. I think I will, we'll brush over it. I think I <laughs> Nobody got away did with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all that insane, and, and and even that. Even just taking away the cold numbers of it and all the iconic moments, the way he played is exactly yeah, the kind of thing it. we want as a Celtic player, is to be that,
1: that's, that's my worry about
3: him leaving. He's going to be
1: almost irreplaceable. I know yeah, we brought in right. Matt O'Reilly, and that was probably Angelo down the road a wee bit, knowing that we needed a player to go in there. But he's just such a gifted footballer. He's going to be so difficult to replace.
2: Yeah, he's one of those guys that when you're thinking about going to the game, you go, I'm looking forward to seeing Tom Rogic right. today. And like games, with that recent game at Ibrox, when you see Rogic start, you, you kind of have wee worries about what well, about the engine, but then you put that aside because you know he can come up with a moment of genius. And his best games for Celtic against Rangers have been at Ibrox. He's got more goals at Ibrox than he does at Celtic Park, more goals at Hamden than he does at Celtic Park against them. So you're looking at this guy and going, see for the sort of faults he has, you can write them off for the moments of quality that he has because he's just great to watch. He's just he's just kind of... The time when Martin O'Neill came in, he brought in a lot of players that get it. And I think that's happened this season. And I think Tom Rogic is one of those guys that get it because he gets himself up for the big games. And there's nothing bigger than beating your biggest rivals. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at scalpers, you can't look any further than Tom Rogic in the last... 10-15 years it no. going back to Martin O'Neill's time
3: <laughs> <laughs> we have we've been up and down with Tom Muggage as well we have, we have often criticised him I think we've the called them finished on at least one <laughs> podcast yep <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, we, we've
1: done that to everybody. There's, there's the
3: European thing. I think we've, we've kind of often criticised them for not having that that kind of big European performance mm. that we, you can look back on. But even that, I think that's that's probably harsh as well. And what I said on Monday for anyone who hasn't watched or listened to it, what I said was that once you get a certain amount of distance away from a player's playing time, that's when things maybe start popping back into your memory and you, st- you distill things down into the things that really mattered. And I think I think performances will emerge when you think back to how. Do you know what he really dug us? May not be goals, but he really dug us out of a tight spot. Whether it was being able to take control of the ball and carries up the pitch against Man City all those years yeah. ago in that 3 draw or whenever it was. I think things of that will emerge, and I think his legacy will only grow the the longer he's away from the club now as well, because he's only just at the door. We're all a bit raw about it. We, we I, never I, saw I, it coming, though, that's the don't thing. Think it's, it's, it's not the, sunk the, in yet, either. No, I mean. the
1: Rogic and Ange thing seem like a match made in heaven. You thought, right, yeah. OK, Ange is here, Tom's going to stay?
3: We probably got the one season out of that because of that, because mm, I, yeah. I, I get the impression that Tom Rogic is, is probably wanted. not Maybe not wanted, but has maybe been thinking about leaving for a while because of you know family reasons. I think mm. he's, got, he's got a child and all that. He probably wants to move on. He's been here a long time, but I think the Ange was probably key in just getting another not only an extra season, but the best season of his career out of him. You oh, get right.
1: the feeling with, with, with Rogic and near Biton that Rogic was the one that wanted to go and we persuaded him to stay for another season and Biton was probably the guy that wanted to stay and we sort of gave him the bad news that he probably had to... <laughs> depart I was but see when he, when he came off the pitch Roger when he came off and he started crying at Celtic Park nearly had me going ah, it was I,
3: it's weird seeing that it was roasting that day it was, like, it was really hot as well and we, we said just wait th- that ran through it. We Is that his excuses? <laughs> oh, we said just in the half, halfway lane in the, the north stand as well and I had a hat on and sunglasses as well I was kind of getting a bit sweaty and I took my sunglasses off and kind of started <laughs> doing that and I was like see if I'm on camera I swear to god <laughs> <laughs> we one of those guys that's on like, just been gift forever.
2: <laughs> See what Steve was saying about the European thing. You've just dislodged a wee memory. My favourite game is Celtic v Man City, three each. Kieran Tierney scored in that mm-hmm. game. Who passed the ball through to him? Uh, I hope it was. It was Tom. <laughs> it was <laughs> Tom. So he has done it in there. But seeing him go off and it did catch us off guard because a couple of weeks previous, I'd said on a podcast, like th- I said at the end of last season on Rogic and Griffiths have to go. I don't think it's just time up for them. Rogic has t- changed my mind on that, and even then I said, look, I, do, I want him in our contract. He's only got a year left, and this is, has been his best season from him. I know it might be recency bias, but the performances and even the things you criticise Rogic for, like I oh, can't get about a pressing, he done all that, he done all that under the manager, but. Ange coming in, I think, was the, the perfect match for him. I don't think we'd have seen him with any other manager. And when he was walking off, it, when he put up the post, like, ah, no, this will be gutting. Then you see everything through the day. Then you get to the match and you're like, oh, no, th- this is, this is it. It's, it's actually happening, man. He's going to be some free transfer for somebody. I, mean, right? I,
1: don't, I don't know where he's going to end up, but 29, and he's, I think he's, gonna, he's, a, he's a player that can really contribute at that age. He's not on the scrap heap. Um, it's two plays there that <laughs> right, were absolutely instrumental in bringing us the title. There we go. Oh. Oh. Scenes. Yeah. You were there that night, Melee. I don't think you took that picture, did you? No, no. <laughs> um, you were there that night. Where does this title rank? Uh, and the, you've seen so many in your life. Because for me, following Celtic this season undoubtedly doing the podcast for this season it's been one of the best seasons we've ever followed like all the ups and downs and the dramas and the stuff to cover and eventually clinching it at the end, for you where does it stand? Uh,
2: I'm probably going to say I think it's my favourite and that I was kind of holding this back because Wednesday night with the Change my mind a wee <laughs> bit on that because
1: it, it, honestly, how unsufferable would it have been oh. had they won that? they
2: bad enough having getting beat with like, greeting about planes and all that. Now they're all moaning about
1: having to drink out of toilets. And uh. Let's carry on.
3: <laughs> you get what you deserve, don't it's you? So bad. The Tims were having a party, <laughs> the Huns were drinking piss. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, There were uh, bottles of water available, it's just they're all too tight. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't want that. Margyle, it's free in here. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them it's holy water. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: probably why they didn't (laughs) take it. They'd rather toilet water than holy water. (laughs) But just just with that, that sort of sealed it. And I kind of said all this week, I was like, because we were doing this and it would have really hampered things if they had won it, but I just got the feeling that The way the seasons went, the way things were going with Ange and the way things went last season, I felt this was our time. Nothing is going to stop that. I felt Frankfurt should have done better and won that. And I thought, no, this is going to be good. It's going to be a good couple of weeks, a good May for Celtic. And when it's all said and done, when Rangers bottled it and lost it, (laughs) <laughs> and you can look back now in Celtic and go, right, what do you look for in a season? Because we've had the Rogers one where he comes in and just blows everybody away. We won 34 out of 38 and probably should have won all 38 games. But there wasn't really a challenge. But going from that last season to this, this season, having to bring in all these players, like 15, 16 players, a new team, and then to go on and win the league. But not only win the league, win it convincingly yeah. then. That we, we guide them
3: it's we we well, we hard to
2: wee guy the weeest guy in the world <laughs> deal, it? but when Ange done it and you, you see the calibre of guy he is and the calibre of players he brought in and I was like do you know what that's everything I look for because this season's been really emotional from that first game back to full crowds to the first game where we beat them to mm-hmm. going to Eyebrooks to beat them luckily enough we got to speak to Ange and speak to some of the players at press conferences and then just the fact that everybody got behind it Every could everybody could see something special was brewing here and then when you go do and win it and i've never had a win like that where you win it away from home and then everybody just seems to know go to Celtic Park and yeah. then like, how did you know to bring fireworks like, a, guy, a guy with a full box of fireworks there. <laughs> always
1: be prepared my favourite thing was when you look at the celebration we had at Celtic Park and every day party and then maybe we win the league we're all in the Gallagate fucking smoke bombs and party and music and bevy and suntans and everyone's having a great time and then you look over at Seville and they're all greeting and drinking <laughs> piss and fighting and throwing pie <laughs> on and then you remember, it was only one week ago, they were all, ah, well, you know what, making the Europa League's actually better than winning the league. <laughs> Didn't it look like it? It looked like we were having a better time than yours. <laughs> uh,
2: and you, when you look at George Square, they, they said the other night, we're taking away the benches in case they have a party after that. Mm. What's Put the benches a- back. The benches isn't? are fine. <laughs> so I think it's right up there. Martin O'Neill winning it was special because that was my first one... Wim Janssen, obviously, but then Martin O'Neill was the first one. I felt like Celtic were onto something. What about Neil Lennon, version one? There were some good wins there, come on. There was, but that as well, that first one, with Neil Lennon, was amazing, because they died obviously, and you had that. <laughs> like, <laughs> All I, the hits
1: tonight. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest hit no matter, so hits. That's, that's no what, we're matter what
2: happens no matter what we do now everybody in here can sit and say they've seen the club they hate die. that's <laughs> tremendous man not a lot of people another,
1: another po- point of order <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they were never they were never happy to admit that up until they made the Europa League and then they were going I, uh, t- we died 10 years ago <laughs> and came back <laughs> in Europe yeah. alright okay so, finally.
2: <laughs> so when you look at all that and you look like Martin O'Neill was class that was a good Rangers team but then Lennon's first stint when they won that first one but the ones after that there, there was no Rangers in the league and then when Rangers come back under Rodgers like, there wasn't much of a challenge for a while so this one, like I didn't expect us to win the league and coming into this just all the emotions from everything from getting back into the stadium right up to that, like I said the other day that will live with me forever and then the scenes on Saturday, I don't think that could be top, but walking in on Saturday into the chaos, and I was like, no, this is, this is the way it's meant to be.
3: Is it as simple as just having been the underdogs and having been written off and ridiculed and all that? I, the think is. Season? Is aye. that aye. I think it is. Is that season? I think it's
1: all the gloating they did last year. Yeah. And I think, I, I'd sort of said this at the time, it's the, the mark of strong champions, the mark of proper champions, the mark of a big club is, hey, okay, you lose one league in ten, then you come right back and take it after them. And that's, that's the difference between us and them. That's the difference. They win one and they don't shut up about it. They, okay, you won one in ten. We don't win one in ten and we're furious about it. We rebuild the club. We bring in a new captain. We bring in a new manager. We bring in new players. We battle them into the ground. We snatch it back. And now they're just left greeting about it. <laughs> and they could come back next season if they want another shot. And we're going to take it back after them next season.
3: Oh, oh what a different tone this could have been yeah. after Wednesday oh honestly he could have been because stop he could have been sitting here with them oh, imagine the, it straight in pop one of the Champions League and all that I was, I was all oh. sitting just being sheepish about it but well when
2: we booked it the league wasn't even know, close it wasn't finished. no it wasn't they could, finished so they, yeah. they
3: could have been Champions and Europa League winners <laughs> and we were just sitting here like that. So it could have been a very different tone oh, top tonight. top dogs the hot dogs <laughs> But I think th- these comparisons are good. I think you'd need to go back to Martin O'Neill to find anything that's comparable with us because that was the probably the last time that we came from such a, a massive margin. What was it? The Kafka won by 21 points or something like that the, the season before Martin O'Neill took it back. Prior to that, you're looking at 98. 98 when we were, It was, just seemed like an endless procession to them winning 10 in a row. That was pure relief more than anything. Yeah, that yeah that, that's, that's very true. Um, so th- this this is up there with anything. Um, it, it feels it feels absolutely great. It was I think it's it, it's definitely the best thing I've experienced since the, the ninety eight, stopping the ten and all that. Because it, I, I, at my age at that point, I'd never really seen any league wins or anything either. So to have done that against that like, juiced up juggernaut that was the Huns yes. at that point was was very special. But to have come from where they were, as, a, as I said, total ridicule, total write off. And to win the league where games to spare was something else this season.
1: Uh, very quickly, thoughts for next season? Champions League It's where we belong, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it is. And hearing that music again is going to be tremendous. And when you just see the the calibre of teams in there, you like, that's where you want to be. Like people could say, "Oh, what if we go in and get give us Frankfurt? <laughs> oh, <I just laughs> oh, we'd battle them. They were rotten. They were <laughs> rotten. Imagine all the like." They will never have a better chance to win the Europa League. No, Did they will not. And uh, if we get Frankfurt, it'll be class. Cause I, I hate all that stuff we do, like piping teams in and out. But with Frankfurt, welcome, <laughs> Come on in, boys. On. Frankfurt, up the same way. <laughs> get them in. Uh. Just uh, lovely handshakes and swapping pendants and all that at the start. <laughs> of the class, man. But look, when you get to this point, everybody's always said like Ange Postecoglou's second season is going to be better. And watching Celtic this season, you can see, look, from January onwards, we've been good. But going into next season in the Champions League, regularly in the Champions League, I don't really watch it much anymore until the semis maybe, but you see beatings dished out. And Celtic are capable of taking a few beatings, but they're also capable of a couple of scalps in there as well. And if we manage to keep this team together and add a couple of bits of quality, I think you're kind of aiming for, depending on what you get group-wise, but... We don't get the luck of the draw that like the Huns do, so we'll get a tough group. So if you can get into that third spot, get into the Europa League and then go from there, I think it'll be good. But the main thing for me is like, I'm not scared going into it anymore because Celtic have been really good this season. They've been great to watch. And I want to see them going up against the top dogs in Europe because this is when you find this is what players aspire to, mm. and this is what the manager will aspire to. So going up against these teams is going to be class, and this is where Celtic belong. And we're back, baby.
1: We are back, <laughs> baby. Uh, we're going to quickly stop before we stop for the intermission to let you guys get some drinks because uh, we are uh, we are we're not hungry. We're ravenous. Uh, 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 we might as well look at some Hun receipts very quickly these are some of our favourites from the season, the top left there you see uh, Hugh Keevans, still employed you can still find him uh, at the very least we know what Anne stands for absolutely not good enough, that was back in August, brilliant Hugh uh, Chris Boyd at the bottom here uh, no Chris Boyd fans in the room brain dead. <laughs> telling Angie has to quit my personal favourite though um, I don't know if you know who David Baldwin is don't know who that is? saying, what a stupid article, total lack of understanding of the business of football, written in a disrespectful manner to a top player. That was after um, uh, this journalist at the bottom of whose name, I forget, wrote that... Alison McConnell. Alison McConnell wrote that uh, Ramsey was just a desperate last rod. That gentleman up there is Aaron Ramsey's agent. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's The Athletic. You can pay if you want to subscribe to Athletic, saying Aaron Ramsey... Was the biggest signing since Gaza. <laughs> They'd be, they would have been better off signing Gaza. <laughs>
2: There's
1: a Hollywood Hogan there. He's, <laughs> has blown for half time. So go and get your. Go and get. That's not Fuck Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Unbelievable. <laughs> It's there's, your, there's, your, there's your cyber bullies <laughs> now you, know what it's like, now you know what it's like To get bullied right, Go to the bar, get yourselves a drink We'll be back out uh, for the second half